0: Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Hey, welcome back to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. I'm Erica, and together with licensed clinical therapist, Dr. Charles Spar, we're going to be breaking down anxiety and related disorders and phobias in this episode. But before we get to it, a couple things. First, if you haven't yet downloaded Dr. Barr's relaxation and breathing audio, make sure you do. It's totally free, and we're actually going to be talking a bit about it and how it can help change your life in an upcoming episode. So I do want to make sure you have a copy. Just head to lifefreeofanxiety.com relax to get that, or click in the show notes. It's right there. Second, I wanted to read a review from Hannah Zeus. She left this on iTunes. And she says that she's so glad she stumbled across this podcast and that it provides, quote, hope, and a sense of community on a topic that can be difficult to talk about. Thank you so much, Hannah Zeus, for your review and all the kind reviews out there. It really means a lot to us. And one of our top goals of this podcast is to provide some community around a topic that is difficult to talk about and sometimes just hard to put into words. We know how lonely of an experience this can be, so hopefully we can be your friends on this anxiety journey. Okay, on to the show. Again, this is a conversation in progress continuing from episode 10. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey because you are not broken you are not alone and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety
1: now the other thing that that some people get and very frequently actually as part of panic disorder is they have a little touch of uh, what we might call um ocd obsessive compulsive disorder Mm -hmm. um and um so they'll find maybe that they have to that they are doing certain rituals uh, where they have to check things over and over or you know to make sure uh the door is locked or um they'll have certain rituals that they're they're doing over and over, and particularly they're having obsessive thinking yes um and now obsessive thinking the the kind of thought that I'm thinking of on this uh really has to do with with absolutely terrible thoughts Mm. um you're you're just going along in life and all of a sudden this absolutely horrendous thought comes into your head um that is it just makes you almost sick at your stomach to think that you even thought that in the first place you know and so it usually has some kind of a terribly abhorrent um theme to it of uh, either a violent theme, or a sexual theme, or harming someone, or, um, and it, it just, it just frightens you so badly that you would have this thought in the first place, and then you try to undo that, and that, that's sort of what happens in um, obsessive compulsive disorder, in OCD and It's not uncommon in panic disorder to have that similar kind of thought happening in a particular area or at certain times. And that doesn't mean that you have OCD. It just, like I'm saying, panic disorder is this very complex uh, arrangement of various uh, disorders, various parts of various disorders. And so if you get all of one and, and not much of any others, then we call it one thing. But if you get a touch of all of these all at the same time, we call it panic disorder. Yeah. Um. And the other thing then is you start panicking because of the
2: thoughts.
0: I have okay. a question about these thoughts. Are these thoughts that are you are fearing something you imagined yourself doing, or is this the kind of thought that uh, you're fearing something that might happen to your family member that's very violent or whatnot, or is it both? Can it be both? It can
1: be either or. Okay. Yeah, either or. So so it can be a thought that oh I'm going to go molest that child. Oh my goodness. Well that's a horrible thought you know. And you think why would I even think that? Why how could I even entertain that thought?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or it could be you know uh, you know the old uh, we used to play. Uh, do this little thing. Step on a crack. Break your mother's back. Yeah. Um, well, you know, probably an OCD person developed that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Like,
1: okay, if if I do this mundane thing, like step on a crack, something horrible is going to happen to my mother. You know, uh huh.
2: Um,
1: or something horrible is going to happen to my um, my child, or or to a loved one, or so that it's not. I'm not going to do it. But I caused it by stepping on a crack.
0: Or I bet somebody OCD started those chain emails too, where if you don't send this to five people, you'll have a, you know, a terrible rest yeah, of your life. You'll never, you'll never happen. find love. Whatever, <laughs> yes, <laughs> so it must have been right. those <laughs> used to be so common. And as a kid, I remember always falling for that. That's actually funny to trace that back to, to OCD. I grew up with a family member that I spent a lot of their time at, um, who actually. I thought was very common as a kid but looking back now I see that that was true OCD of they would always um have to check all of the uh gas on um the the knobs on the, on stove. the stove yes uh-huh. and that yes. was like a whole routine and I thought oh they just I was a kid so I thought they they're just really cautious they don't want their their house to burn down or they're a little eccentric but then my mom told me that the same family member used to check her um school books over and over and over as a child uh, the night before to make sure they were still in the drawer. So okay. now I, I, looking back, I put that together, and I'm like, okay, so that was true OCD behavior. Uh, That's right. Which is pretty specific behavior. It definitely That's falls right. into its own category. But you're saying this falls under the umbrella of anxiety because there's a fear there, right? That's right. Okay.
1: And here, here's another connection. People who have OCD, you know, not, not just panic disorder, but they have OCD, mm-hmm. um, guess what OCD's weapon is? OCD's weapon is if you don't do what I say, I'm going to make you feel anxious mm. and I'm going to give you a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I also see people that have OCD and, and deal with OCD and uh, that's their primary diagnosis and it's like yes, and they o c d will give you panic disorder or not panic disorder, but it will give you a panic attack if you don't do what it says hmm. so this if control. you if you uh decide that you're you're gonna not do what o c d is telling you to do, and I'm gonna see if I can step on every crack here, you're gonna get anxious, yeah you know if you're really believing that if I step on a crack, it's gonna break my mother's back. You're going to get anxious if you go through a sidewalk and you step on every crack. Uh-huh. Um, but the anxiety won't last. And if you keep doing that, you will extinguish that behavior.
2: Mm. And
1: so that's one of the ways uh, with OCD, we talk about uh, uh, exposure, response, prevention, Um ERP, exposure response prevention,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and that would be an example of that, of, of going and, and stepping on every crack. But you will get anxious if you decide to defy it and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anxiety is very punishing. Yeah, very
0: punishing. yeah, Very that's true. Yeah, and you are, I think you're a slave to it, no matter what category you fall under, if it's OCD or not, you're kind of a slave to it no matter what. Um, I, I just wanted to add that I think that there can be OCD behaviors that can kind of fly into our lives, you know, at times um, without being truly OCD, because I know I've had weeks where I might be a little more anxious or something's maybe, maybe a little more stressful going on in my life. And um, I yes. wonder if I let my dog out, you know, and I'm I'm driving down the street and I'm like, did I let her out, though? Is she out? Did I close the door? Or um, or with my garage? Did I close the garage before I left? Because I, I my thought is I don't want my dog to get out. But I notice that right. it flares up worse sometimes. You know because sometimes I'll just drive off, and I won't even think about if I close my garage. Um, That's
2: right.
0: But but I don't have OCD. Is my point? So I just That's wanted right. I just wanted to put it out there that you can have obsessive behaviors. You could have an obsessive week. Without, you know, I just don't want anyone diagnosing themselves as OCD because they they have typical forgetfulness or or well,
1: worry. Well, that's right. And and who of us has not had a, a song get stuck in your head that starts driving you? crazy? Oh, my gosh. Right now. Song yes.
0: Right now. It is my <laughs> child's jumperoo that I put him in to jump. And- it is driving me crazy. I hear it at three o'clock in the morning when I wake up. I hear it in the kitchen when I'm doing dishes, and it's not on. It's not on. The children's cho- toys, oh my goodness, nobody warned me ahead of time. But
1: yes. Well, that's exactly right. Oh. That's a good example of that.
0: Um, sometimes I'm thinking, I'll do anything to get it. this stupid song out of my head. And Kyle, my husband's that's like, right. stop playing the music then. And I'm like, well, he doesn't want to jump if the music's not on.
1: Yeah, that's right,
0: the joys of motherhood
1: <laughs> oh, that is so funny <laughs> well so so we all get those things, um, and that doesn't mean you have o c d or that you have an anxiety disorder- uh-huh. uh, it just you know sometimes that stuff gets stuck in our head, but when that stuff starts interfering with our lives then mm-hmm. then then we may have a problem
2: right
1: and and so as as part of uh panic disorder that's that's one of the problems. Well, now, one of the, the last things that I want to talk about is um, anxiety and depression, mm. because very often depression comes hand in hand with this. Yes. And very often um, part of, of what <clears> I try <throat> to determine is uh, what is coming first? Is the anxiety causing the depression or is the depression causing the anxiety? Mm-hmm. Because it can go either way. Yes. And um so I've, I've had a lot of people who have come in who have been treated for depression, and um, they've gotten a, they've gotten a little better. They've been taking antidepressant medications,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, the SSRIs in particular are, uh, can be very effective in treating depression, and can also be very effective in treating anxiety.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: just because an SSRI has worked to make you feel better doesn't necessarily mean that your primary diagnosis is depression. Um, So it can be fairly difficult sometimes to tease out which is which.
0: Yes. And Um, I just want to say, when I first came to you, I was very grateful that you heard me when I said, I'm not depressed. I get depressed because of my anxiety, because I had spoke with other people who thought that I was depressed because I was anxious and that I've heard it explained over and over that anxiety and depression are really the same thing. And I was thinking, but I like my life. I just got married. I'm happy, but I'm anxious. <laughs> and yes. I and I get very depressed when I feel like I'm failing because of anxiety.
1: Well, yeah. I certainly want to validate what you're saying. There. Right. You know, it's like you were saying, like, no, I'm not unhappy with my life. Uh, I'm not depressed right now. I'm, but I'm still anxious. Mm-hmm. Now. It's very it's very difficult when you – one of the ways I think about a panic disorder is I think about it as uh, your body going on a sit-down strike. Mm. It's, it's like um, your body saying to you, I'm sick and tired of you living with all of this anxiety and putting me through all of this anxiety, and I'm not going to cooperate with it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed out, and I've had it with you, and I'm not cooperating. Well, when your body takes off on you and doesn't cooperate with you anymore, it's very difficult not to get depressed. Yes. Um, when you can't trust your body to, to take you through a situation that you're used to going through or um, maybe you've never been able to go through it and everybody else you look at you think can.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so you're going, what's wrong with me that I can't do that? It's like my body won't let me do that. And so you feel betrayed. Yeah. And, and feel uncertain about what your own reactions are going to be. Right. And so it's very difficult not to get depressed when that's going on. But sometimes people get anxious because they're depressed. Um, it, it's like I can feel the depression knocking on my door and, and I'm scared and I'm trying to run from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I'm trying to outrun it, but now I'm getting anxious because I'm trying to outrun depression. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's, so which drives, which, Mm -hmm. and it can go either way. Uh, interestingly enough, I think, um, well, it's hard for me to put percentages, but a large portion of, of the people that I have seen, um, their anxiety is driving depression rather than depression driving anxiety. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, I've seen some people who have gotten severely depressed and, and they present as as depressed, not anxious. Uh, but then as, as they start getting better, then, then we start running into the anxiety. And um, I've had several people that present as very depressed and uh, when, when we treat the anxiety and give them the skills to deal with the anxiety, They just don't deal with the depression anymore.
0: It doesn't happen as you mean they don't feel as depressed anymore. Is that what you're saying? Okay, and
1: and and they don't get clinically depressed anymore. Interesting. They, you know, if if they will catch the anxiety and deal with the anxiety, then the depression never shows up. Hmm. Um, So that that's um, it's important for for. for us to deal with the anxiety, and and it's so important because it just leads to so many other kinds of things that are absolutely miserable in themselves. Yeah. Well, so um, we've covered a a lot of things uh, today, and Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I guess the one thing that we haven't talked about is uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and uh, that's that's kind of a, a different disorder in itself.
0: That's that, what I thought I had, really, I thought I had that when I came to you, and you you changed basically my diagnosis um, but
1: okay, I, I didn't remember that yeah,
0: that what you that's what a a therapist had told me. I fell under the criteria um because of the marijuana incident um where i I smoked pot for those of you who didn't hear the episode. I smoked pot, and it uh set off a lot of ill feelings. Um that's when my anxiety yes. first sparked. So I was told that well, because it because I spent hours trying to, you know, feel sober again and I couldn't get there, um, that I was uh I had experienced something very traumatic like PTSD. And so now I was dealing with PTSD symptoms. So I thought, wow, this is but everything I read up on it, it really didn't fit. And then when I came to you, you said, I really don't think you have PTSD. I think what you're dealing with is you had you offset um some nerves that were already kind of, you know, like the lava and the volcano. They hadn't come out yet. They were dormant or whatever right. all all before, but they were there and with the marijuana incident you you set something off that um led your body to keep panicking after that but you I remember feeling like okay so I so I don't have PTSD and that that was kind of a relief to to feel like okay so you know something majorly traumatic didn't happen something that makes a little more sense to me in this situation happened
1: yes um See, I, I would, I would say, in in your situation, and I think I probably did say this as you were you were talking about it. You know, it, it's like, okay, that spark that set something in motion for you that um, may have gotten set off somewhere else, or may not have, but mm-hmm. it certainly got set off there, and um, and kept uh, took on a life of its own. Yes. Um, with with PTSD, um, there really is. Uh, some kind of a traumatic or dangerous situation that happens. Mm.
2: Um,
1: uh, for me, uh, I don't think I had PTSD, but I certainly had a traumatic incident that gave me a panic attack. And that was the earthquake. Uh, so uh, d- my PTSD sort of led to panic disorder. Uh, well, it wasn't really PTSD. It, it was that event was so frightening to me that it set off a panic disorder uh-huh
2: um
1: and uh so i i had to to put myself back together after that incident and um uh, and, and learn how to deal with with panic and with uh, scary thoughts and and all the feelings that come with that and the irrationality of it and um you know, all, all the things that happen in panic disorder, with, right? With all the symptoms that, that come with that. So, um, but the people, uh, you know, PTSD certainly is experienced by our, uh, a lot of our veterans who've seen war,
2: yes, um,
1: who've been uh, in atrocities and, uh, you know, either had to do terrible things or had terrible things happen to them.
0: Or to the um, the people they're with. I've heard that a lot of PTSD right. comes from the helplessness of seeing somebody else die. Is that true?
1: Yes, okay. that's true. Um, being, you know, seeing one of your your buddies die, and um, uh, it can come from um, uh, domestic violence. It can come from sexual violence. Mm. Uh, particularly if it's repeated, then it, it tends to to seem to be worse. Mm. Uh, if it's a chronic. Uh, repeated situation that you're in, um, so uh, and PTSD, you know, has comes with uh, flashbacks, um, mm-hmm. terrible dreams, uh, difficulty sleeping, feeling numbed out, or or kind of kind of like you're just numb to a situation. So so there's a there's a different set of of uh, symptoms that come with PTSD and. Uh, while while my panic disorder was triggered by a traumatic incident of of having the earthquake there, mm-hmm. uh, it was traumatic to me.
0: Well, you thought you were going to go out the window, <laughs> of course. Right? That's right. Yeah. you
1: know, a lot of other people, you know, laughed at me for for being so scared on that one. But um, of course, I, I think I told in one of the other podcasts uh, I talked about uh, working with an engineer at JPL at that point who had been in Alaska. During the eight point and so he had every right to laugh at me. You know, it's yeah. like oh that little thing. So not everyone who has panic disorder has has any kind of trauma that sets it off.
0: And you now, could have all... you could have a something that sets it off and not be PTSD yes. too.
1: That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, which which I think is is what you were saying with the marijuana thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's like uh, yes, that was traumatic to you, and that set off the whole thing but you weren't having flashbacks and no. and you weren't numbing out and you know so you didn't have that complex of symptoms right um, so you may have a, a triggering incident but it it wouldn't necessarily be PTSD that you're experiencing
0: mm-hmm.
1: this has been a fun discussion for me
2: this
0: i hope has it's been, been fun, fun for you yeah <laughs> we hope we didn't scare you in any way all, i think the bottom line is that anxiety can look a lot of different ways. We can look it this can way. Look it can look different. that way. Yeah. We don't focus too much on whatever it is. Even if it's PTSD, the PTSD isn't isn't like more life threatening or more you know anything um, than social anxiety. Is that is that fair to say? Because I, I don't want to. I don't want to yes. say something totally unfair out there. Okay. Because I'm not the therapist, mm-hmm. but but I mean, let's look at it for what it is. If if you know you have panic you have panic you just you have different symptoms maybe of what might make you fall under another branch but we're all in the same tree i'd say (laughs) if that if that's a good way to put it
1: yes and and because of that um Similar kinds of therapies work in all of these different areas. Hmm. The, now, now, we may need to tweak it and we may need to, to modify this or that. Uh-huh. But in general, uh, the cognitive behavioral therapies are what is called for and what have been proven to work on, on most of these disorders. Um, if not, I would say all of these disorders, even yeah. including uh, depression, mm. um, cognitive behavioral therapy for depression can be very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Burns has a book out called, uh, it, it's been out for some time now, but it's uh, the Feeling Good Handbook. Mm. And um, it, it is a very good workbook type cognitive behavioral therapy for depression. Oh,
2: right. Okay
1: where people are depressed and not anxious in particular. Um, So uh, the cognitive behavioral therapies have proven to be very effective in terms of, of helping people learn a different way of approaching life, a different way of talking to themselves, a different way of regulating themselves so that they can walk their way out of the disorder and get back into living their life. Without the suffering of anxiety and depression, and
2: that's so that's, that's why we're good here. News. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, that is why we're here, and that's that's what the message is that we're trying to get across is there is hope and there's help, and uh, we hope that our listeners will uh, avail themselves of the help the help that is there.
0: Yes, definitely. So. Well, thank you, Doctor Barr. You're always so insightful. It's like you're a doctor.
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> Sometimes I guess it pays off, you know. Yeah.
0: It pays <laughs> off majorly for anyone listening. I'm I'm sure of that. So, uh,
1: well, you know, one of my friends is an accountant, and he always calls it a PhD. You know, it's piled higher and deeper. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes that's true, I guess. But sometimes I guess it's worth it. So that's good.
0: Yeah. Well, we're. Ha- I'm happy to have you at least, if it counts for anything. Even though you're, you said earlier you're kind of strange. But-
1: that's, that's true. Yes. Yeah. So I'll laugh at funny things.
0: <laughs> I don't think I hang out with anyone who's not strange. So.
1: Well, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. You're a good company. <laughs> well, we will okay. talk to you guys next, next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through, and that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com relax. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.